and welcome to the Hole in My Heart podcast. It is episode number 19, and the name of this episode is going to be sung for us today. There you go, little Diana Ross. I'm coming out. Yeah, that's the name of this podcast. I'm coming out, and we're going to be talking about my first coming out experience with a same-gendered peer, Amber McClurg, who is in the house. Welcome, Amber. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm super excited to talk with her and through a lot today. I get asked about that a lot, like multiple times a week. Just, I want to come out to an XYZ audience. How do I do that? I I don't want to negate it, but I also don't want to make it everything. And how how do I do that in a way that honors God and myself? And it's the terror, honestly. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of fear, and so I can super duper relate to that. And honestly, we could do like 20 podcasts, like how do you come out to your church and your friends and your spouse? When there's are you a ready conversation. To come out? Yeah, when are you ready? How do you know if someone is safe? So yeah. we're going to be talking about that, and we're going to have Steve and Matt ask some questions just about how that happened as well. Um, but before we do that, we're going to talk about the question of the week from last week, which was, what is your word for the year? So I'm talking about 2018, and what that means is, um, which Steve like talked about his epiphany. I, I spoiled it last last <laughs> week, last podcast. Uh, you, yeah. you did a good teaser. You did there a good, go. like, this is, I, you had God speak to you like that much moment and you just right. wanted to puke it right on out. <laughs> so thank you for Couldn't spreading help that. It. I know. Yeah. So can I go? Please. Discipleship. Yes. And uh, it's just been like in the last month or so, uh, I came across some stuff about small groups, not even thinking this. Yeah. And uh, I was reading and like, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong in small groups? Yeah. And um, this idea of discipleship came along. Yeah. Like, we do well at kind of uh, being a safe place, but yep. it also becomes a comfortable place where totally. we're not challenging one another and ourselves uh, toward discipleship. And so that just kind of really got me thinking and praying a lot like, Lord, what kind of a disciple am I? And yep. so I've been churning through the book of Acts and just like, okay, what did it look like there when Jesus right. said, make disciples? How did you know those disciples mm-hmm. do that? And so anyway, so I'm just kind of beginning this uh, journey, I guess, of like really becoming an authentic student and follower of Jesus and his disciples and just right. becoming a disciple and then maybe even like making some more new disciples Do with it. his yeah. help. So that's kind of, I don't know, it's Love not it. real formed, but that's what I've got so far and I'm excited about it. Very cool. Well, let's yeah. hope, I hope we check in uh, with each other this next year as yeah. we're doing this yes. podcast thing, just to see like, how is that word for the year going? Mm. And um, I know just even doing this podcast has been a good accountability because uh, we bring up things and I'm like, well, I got to do it. <laughs> and, I, and we start doing it. I have, well, as of this afternoon, um, been questioning the word that I got because the word that I got before was steadfast, Huh. but that's also been the word that I get like every year. And I'm also just now wondering if that is myself talking to myself, Hmm. um, rather than God talking to me. And so I don't know, just even as we were driving, while we were driving back from our well, we were in a counseling appointment, our counseling appointment to, to our office. Um, we're in marriage counseling, and it's a good thing. Everyone needs to do it. We all need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a really good appointment, so go yeah, ahead. Yeah, it was really good. Um, but just learning about how my, my tendency is to, to kind of silence my own emotion. Um, and so I, I guess as we were driving back, it, it's like the word more from steadfast to courage, um, which could mean for me to actually be willing to open up to my emotional um, state, hmm. which is not always easy for me. And yeah, so we will see. And Lori's giving me a like a mouth agape look right now for all you <laughs> listeners, because this is probably like she doesn't, she's like a deer in headlights. This is a foreign husband to me. Like, I don't That's know what's really going exciting. on. That's just really exciting. We could just rabbit trail down there a long time, but I Matt is such a great counselor, and he's he's really great at um, empathizing and sympathizing with people, but sometimes negates his own self. And so to hear like courage, because that's like usually my word. It's like get out there, girl. But to hear you uh, want to step in there, that's super neat. I'm guessing this will be another podcast. So yeah, we'll yeah, put we're, a pen we in don't, we don't right. need to spend yeah. too much time on it right now. How about you, Amber McClurg? Yes. Um, My word for the year, at least at this point, is security. Mm -hmm. And um, as I've been reflecting 
um, on some different situations that have come up in my job and even just being married now for the first time. And um, I've just realized how insecure I really am and how much my actions and my thought process and everything is often dependent on what other people say and do and how they relate with me, how they react to me, what they think of me or what I think they think of me. Mm. And it can really um, throw me up for a curveball and it can really drain a lot of my energy. Mm. And so realizing that if my security comes from the Lord, I will have so much more strength to enter situations when they come and to be able to see clearly how best to act because I'm not reacting to someone else or what I think they want me to do. I will be in theory and hopefully working on um, stepping in the way the Lord would want me to. Mm -hmm. Love it. So just to give some context for my friend, Amber, um, she is a fourth grade teacher, Spanish immersion teacher. And uh, we met here actually at Cornerstone University. So where we record this podcast is where Matt and I met. And then Amber and I, we knew each other way, way back. And then we like re-met in college. Uh, Oh, this place has so many memories. Uh, And so she's an amazing teacher, an amazing friend. And so that's really encouraging because I know more about Amber and I hope you all learn a lot more during this podcast. But to hear that, that sounds like a lot of wisdom. Uh, my word for 2018, I hope so. And and really just more context for this whole word for the year is just, I don't know, like, what do you hope to see? Like, what themes do you hope to see in 2018? And for me, it's like the lamest word, in my opinion, because it's like the giant hashtag is hashtag blessed. <clears throat> and so when God told me that... As best as I could hear, I was like, that seems stupid. And I don't want to say that on the podcast. And here I am. So I feel like my word for the year for 2018 is uh, blessed or blessing. And um, I think there's a certain vulnerability that comes with like being willing to receive like even the good that God has for you. I think I just I get so like resolved to honestly pain and suffering. We've talked about it on this mm-hmm. podcast a lot. But am I also open to receive like the the blessing, even yes, that comes with suffering, but just like good things. It's like, it's strange. I need to do some journaling, but I just, I shove the good away. Yeah. Well, and I, and I know that sometimes for you, it's like when things are going good. Yeah. It's like you're, you're bracing for like the, totally. the out of nowhere, the, the surprise slap of yep. like, okay, Hey, you got comfortable. And then wham, like yep. all of a sudden out of nowhere comes the next hardship. And so it's like, you're bracing for the hardship when, yeah. You know, maybe God's calling you to, I, yeah. I don't want to say relax, but to, to rest a little bit in, yeah. the, in the in the good. Does anyone else do that? Like where you're just like, things are going well and you're like, oh no, what's going to happen? It's just. Yeah, me. no, I can oh. relate to that. <laughs> yeah. I had to think for a second, but yeah. yes, I do that. Yeah. I almost, I don't know, sometimes it's self-fulfilling prophecy and Could be. then sometimes it is, I miss blessings because I'm so focused on what's going to go wrong. What totally. I, what kind of what you know what bases am i missing that yeah. Kind of thing. yeah oh yeah and that's i think could even just be like just focusing on the blessing i do have and mm-hmm. just saying thank you to jesus and and the, thereby like multiplying it because you're actually acknowledging it as opposed to looking for the fearful thing that could happen yeah and i think i struggle a lot with fear and yeah. so i don't know that i I'm always consciously aware of where my thoughts are going, but a lot of times they are following that road of what is the worst case scenario mm-hmm. and how can I prevent it? Mm-hmm. Totally. The what if. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can just lock you up. All right, let's go to Goofball Island. The time when we take a vacation from our problems on Goofball Island. <laughs> and we're going to take Santa's sleigh. There it is. I hear it. Yep. I hear those bells. Yep. Those sleigh bells ringing and jing, jing, ting, tingling. Rudolph's red nose. Oh, there it is. <laughs> is it bad that I don't hear them? Yeah, that oh, means you need to go to whatever. What's the, the, the North Pole? Polar the Express. Polar Express. Yeah, I, I don't believe hard enough. <laughs> if do it, Josh Groban song. Come on. <laughs> I don't if you just. Believe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have everything I need. Yes. Okay, so we are going to talk. This maybe 
did or did not arise from a situation in my own family this week, but I just want to talk about sharing. <laughs> and what do you hate sharing? So like when you have something that's like your favorite chips, maybe your couch spot, or what do you dislike sharing? I can go first. <laughs> okay. So uh, every meal, I like to grab an apple after I eat and just kind of like calms the digestion. I think I'm getting old. And it also just makes me happy, cleans my teeth. And so I get an apple out of the fridge and literally my family, my three-year-old, my one-year-old, and my dear sweet husband who's (laughs) sitting right next to me, do not eat apples ever, except if I'm eating one. (laughs) So I go to the fridge this week and I'm like, I almost said, this is my apple. Do not ask me for, I will get you your own. And they're like, and so I just shut my mouth down because I knew I was going to just be a jerk and I just get my apple and I'm like glaring at him like a puppy. Like, don't take my food. Without question, Matt's like, just one slice. (laughs) (laughs) One, and then both girls pile on my lap. They're like, apple, apple. I'm like, get your own fruit. (laughs) Because three other people, one apple, I got one slice for myself and maybe the core. Mm. Anyway, I guess I just needed a rant. Thank you for listening. Anyone else not like sharing? <laughs> I, I don't like sharing. Okay. What do you not like sharing? <laughs> um, well, we have, for, for people that don't know, we have a very, very small bathroom in our um, in our master, like for our master bedroom. For people who don't know, who's going to know that we have a <laughs> Well, he was referring to you as the okay. one who does For know. people not named Lori. Right, right. Okay, sorry. You know, we have a very small bathroom. And so I'll be in there and I'll be like getting ready in the morning, I'll, you know, brushing my teeth. And I mean, I'm talking, when I say small, it's like if I, if I like spread my elbows out, like I'm doing the chicken dance, <laughs> yeah. I can touch both the bathroom door and the like, standing shower door if oh, i like wow. go too hard i'll knock it and and so like <laughs> it's tiny <laughs> lori will inevitably if i'm like trying to put my contacts in so my finger is like perilously <laughs> close to my eye and lori's like trying to come in and like do her hair and like get her blow dryer and all this kind of stuff and i'm like are you serious <laughs> i'm about to perform surgery on my eye with my own fingernail <laughs> and you're trying to come in here and so yeah bathroom space Lori's used to it growing up with you know 11 Levinson, siblings there was never a bathroom siblings yeah it's it seriously is like love language like you just get all up in each other's grill and you're like what i you, i don't even notice you i literally don't even can't even picture you with your eyeballs <laughs> she doesn't notice me because she pushes me out of the way and i'm like sitting on the toilet trying to put the thing in my eye sorry I'm, so I'm so sorry. yeah <laughs> i'll give you your apples just imagine <laughs> maybe imagine him doing the chicken dance in the bathroom then you can actually okay. visualize him maybe like, next yeah, time she comes now. in I'll, I'll start doing <laughs> it see if she notices she'll have to watch out for flying elbows or go. something all but, right yeah well. no counter space at the in the bathroom mm. is yeah, definitely that's rough all right. Who else wants to get up in this? This is why we need marriage counseling. Steve? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, the, you know, what's funny is I'm old. I've had kids a long time. We have mm-hmm. a pretty relatively small house. Yeah. I got, I saw the goofball island question. I was like, I'm pretty good at sharing. I, I don't have a problem. I used to. I used to. And then I remembered <laughs> phone charger. Oh, phone mm. charger. My kids are notorious for taking and losing, like immediately losing. What? It's our phone in. chargers. I know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, but it's but it just takes as long as it takes for me to notice yeah. that it's not in the place where I always put it. Yeah, I hear it. I hear and, that grit in yep, your voice. Yep. Mm-hmm. And by the time I notice that, who mm-hmm. took my charger? I yep. don't know. I don't remember. I don't nobody knows. There it it's is. It's this big huge mystery. So like I have taken to like hiding my charger and earbuds. Yeah. I see you hoarding it. I'm like hoarding. Yes. In a small bathroom. And I've got a few spares like just stashed around yeah. because it's just inevitable. The thing's going to get lost. And yes, I struggle with sharing the power cords for the for the phone. Your yep. emergency charger stash. Yeah. Yes. Right. All right, Amber, maybe save us. Maybe you love to share everything. Oh, I do. I'm perfect. <laughs> um, actually, I have a huge sweet tooth, uh, as Lori mm. knows well. We are going to talk about accountability later, and that may or may not have been on many lists that I've given her for accountability. But one of my favorite things around Christmas time is chocolate-covered toffee. Mm. And so that actually 
disappears very quickly at my grandma's house and also when my mother makes it. And so that is something that I tend to hoard. Yeah. And hate sharing. Mm-hmm. So do you just like grab, mm-hmm. you see it and you just do like, oh yeah, hey, how are you? How are you? Like have your own bag and you just like throw it in? Like <laughs> how, in how do pockets. you hoard? There's so many people around. Well, you you get a plate yeah. that you can carry around with you. That oh, way you, you can eat it at your own pace, yeah. but you have safely yeah. <laughs> removed it from accessibility. You marked your territory. Yes, exactly. I got it. All right. I think uh, we all have like forgiveness and things to do, but whatever. We're going to move on to the heart of the matter. And uh, we're going to be talking about that friendship and some of that accountability. Um, And I just, again, I think Amber is actually my oldest friend. I mentioned that we met at Cornerstone, but we didn't. It was like our friendship reignited. Uh, But she is my oldest friend, I think. Uh, The one that I. Second grade? Yeah. It was because we moved. And in, when I was in first grade, so it was like okay. ages four through six, we yeah. were BFFs. Now, yes, absolutely. We hung out, but you have uh, videos of me and mm-hmm. all sorts of birthday At my birthday party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you guys have like friends that you've kept in touch with for like yeah. childhood? No. No. Yeah. Sorry. No, that's you still. I mean, yeah, I've got, you know, Chris and Kevin that I've known since like first grade, since my family moved to Ohio. Oh, yeah. So, but. They're, they're still in Ohio, so it's not like I see them all yeah. the time. And it's so it's like a once a year gathering right. type of thing, if yeah. even that. I will say I still do have a few friends from childhood, like maybe three. Yeah. That I'm Facebook friends yeah, with. Yeah, Facebook and I don't friends know that isn't that the same. Counts, no, right? it doesn't really. So I was super excited when Amber uh, lived across the hall from me by accident in college, and we just were able to talk. Um, so our friendship grew and we grew this like group of people who were in the same hall and same section. We're all still pretty tight, uh, which is pretty hilarious. And I'm really grateful for, um, but when I was really, uh, secretly wrestling with my sexuality, I was, I seriously don't know how I knew this instinctively because there's very little written on people like me back in 2006, seven, eight, when I was really walking through this, but I just knew I needed to tell another peer what I was going through. Cause I had told, um, a professor and I talked with a counselor and I told my dad. And at that point I was lying a lot to my dad about my secret relationship, uh, and so I I knew I needed to tell Amber. Amber, did you have any clue back then before I told you what was going on? No, I really didn't. Yeah. Cuz I I was pretty good at hiding things. I was I was pretty good at uh running my double life. I was um like running our campus newspaper. I was a leader on campus and I um had this secret life in a lot of um I really hated myself. Like, did I seem sad? Did I seem anything? Or did you just feel like it was just, she's fine? You know, I don't honestly remember being tuned into anything until that first conversation that we had as far as that goes. Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so here's why I chose to tell Amber. I just knew I needed to tell a friend. Um, I just felt like I really needed to be accepted by someone that I was not attracted to. And again, I don't know how, I really think it was just the Holy Spirit who told me this. And um, Amber and I had not talked about LGBT anything. So I honestly didn't know where she stood, but I had a sense that she would accept me with grace. And I'm just going to like go through a few things that I observed in you, Amber. Um, and then some of that, uh, that conversation that we had that I didn't do a great job at, but God used anyway. But I saw grace in you when we talked about, to be honest, just, sinners in general, like people who sinned quote unquote big or little. And I never heard you just like go off the handle. So again, if, if you are listening and this is either your story or not your story, if you want this, you could, I don't know, I guess you could take note as far as like, how can I be a safe person so that people want to talk to me about whatever's going on. So I, I saw on you, Amber, that you, uh, didn't, you didn't fly off the handle about, um, like there's no weight of sin. Like those are really bad ones and there's little ones. Um, time we had had like a duration of friendship. So that was helpful. So I knew that like, if I told you something big, it wouldn't, um, necessarily, it, it, I, I felt like you would stick with the relationship no matter what, but it also, there was a greater cost to the relationship because if I lost you, like, so let's say somehow you left field and you're like, oh man, that's horrible. I can't be your friend anymore. It would hurt more. So I felt like I, I was uh, more safe because of the duration of our friendship, but also it was riskier because of the duration mm-hmm. of our friendship because I had more to lose. 
Um, I knew you loved me as a person and, and I cared for you and I also wasn't attracted to you. And so that was really helpful. So that wouldn't be weird uh, between us. Um, I didn't know, honestly, your theology of this conversation, but I, I was pretty safe, especially back then, 2006, 7, 8. It seemed like more Christians held to a more historically Christian view and aired on the side of, I want to say conservative, whatever. It's a bad word in general, but uh, like um, to the point of lack of grace back mm. then, it seemed like. So, but I, because I had seen grace in your life and I, I assumed you held to a historically Christian view, that even helped me feel safe. Um, and I could have done this, which I, I ask people to do like to ask them general LGBT questions and just see if people fly off the handle because I have had people who seem pretty graceful about even the quote unquote big sins. But when I share mine, I've had people say, I can't be your friend because of that or really get grossed out or get really just weird uh, and, and break off the friendship pretty quickly. So I didn't do that test, but you could do that. Um, but I remember we were in our house where I lived and I just, I, this is the best I can remember it. And then I'd love to hear your thoughts on the conversation. But I just remember being like, I have to tell you something and it might not be easy for you to hear, which that's usually my go-to starting line of, um, I, I want to share my story with you. And so I, I just like kind of like bumbled through it and I was like, yeah. And so I still have these attractions. I don't really know, but don't worry. I'm like not attracted to you. I remember saying that very clearly. I remember that. Too. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, I don't, I'm not attracted to you. So don't worry about it. Um, and I remember you saying back to me and then, uh, was like, Lori, it's okay. And, um, I think I mentioned this on the podcast, but you said, Lori, it's okay. Cause even if you are attracted to me, I'm going to be okay. Uh, which to me said, you're not going to waver. You're not going to freak out. And if somehow that happens, you're, you're, you're stable. So like your security is not dependent upon me. And that helped me to be like, okay, so I can be a quote unquote train wreck at whatever level. And you're going to be, you're not, you're immovable. And so, which is a, such a, a representation of God who doesn't lose it if we're wrestling with things. So that in me just helped me to feel secure. It did help me to feel accepted, which again, I think was the Holy Spirit saying like, Lori, you're not some special freak. <laughs> I want you to see my face by talking to this uh, girl who I have already prepared to receive your story and just be an example of my love for you where you're at. So that was huge for me. So how was that for you? <laughs> yeah, you know, as I was thinking back through the memory, because it was a long time ago now, so just thinking back and, and remembering, I don't remember a lot of the specific words that mm -hmm. were said, but I remember being so aware of how hard it was for you to mm. tell me. I think that's where I tuned in more mm. in the conversation. I was just concerned because you were being very vulnerable and yeah. it was written all over your face and your eyes were basically just reaching out for help and yeah. just saying, I, I am putting all my cards on the table mm. and what are you going to do with them? And so I remember that being the reason that I responded, you know, in the way that I did, um, just to, I just wanted you to know that I still cared about you, that you were still yeah. Lori, that you were still my friend. We were still friends. And you know, that, I guess I saw it in the light of, I have so many struggles and, you know, how is this any different? Mm. Because as we'll talk about too, coming up, you know, we have been accountability partners and so we've helped each other with different struggles. And so just for me to set myself up above you, I guess, in a way that said, well, because you struggle with something different than I do, mm -hmm. I can't relate with you. Um, so I guess, yeah, I, I honestly don't remember it shaking me that much. Mm -hmm. I remember being surprised that it didn't shake me. Really? Um, because I was not familiar yeah. with um, LGBT and, and that conversation at the time. And so I remember being surprised, but I just remember that you were still Lori and you continued to be Lori in my mind and in my eyes. And every time I saw you, it wasn't the first thing I thought of when you, I saw you mm -hmm. and it wasn't the last thing I thought of when I saw you. It was just, Hey, here's my friend. And yeah, this is now I know more about her. And that I felt, um, I felt that. And I, and I think that some of what I try to do with people when I meet with them now is like, 
get eye level because I vividly remember like in that season, it took me years to look people in the eye when I would talk about this conversation. And I still fight it. This is almost a decade out. This is a decade from then. And like, just like looking down and that's what shame does. It just like, it's like you're look down, you're worse. And so for you to like eye level get like, I see you, even though you had no training, you had no training except for I am a equally broken human person and I love my friend, which again, that's where the, the duration of our friendship played into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of want to go back to what you said, Amber, about how you, you realize that Lori sharing, um, it, it didn't change how you saw her. You just saw more of her. Like she wasn't all of a sudden this different person that you didn't know. And I, and I feel like that's something that I, I run into a lot with, with parents whose child has come out to them, or if there's been any type of like revelation in within a marriage, whether it's, you know, a pornography struggle, what, whatever, like there's so many times that it's all of a sudden, well, now every relational aspect that I've had with this person is built on a lie. Mm. And it's like, no, no, it's not. It's just, this person is now able to, to show you more of themselves. The relationship you've had continues to be the exact same relationship that you've had. It's just that now you're being allowed into this place that they've never felt comfortable showing, maybe never knew how to show. Mm -hmm. And, and so like that, that response where you're focused on, wow, I notice rather than you focusing on your own like reaction, like you're, you're noticing the emotion and Lori, the, the hardship, the, you know, the struggle that she's had, even, even being able to express it and, and you're able to kind of remove your own emotional, maybe reactiveness. Mm Mm-hmm from the equation. And, and at the point you'd said you didn't really react. You were surprised by the lack of reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, you really allowed you to focus on her and what she needed. And, and I think that a lot of times people get so caught up in the, this is going to change everything that it's, mm-hmm. it's this realizes, no, it's always been there. Maybe mm-hmm. you've just never had access to it. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think I thought that in the moment is like, is she going to look at me like everything is colored differently? Mm -hmm. Like everything, because the truth is, is some people do that. Like I said, I have had Mm -hmm. people respond where it's like, what? Like we're done here and then they're done here and, and some come back. But it's that's I don't know that character quality of humility and the ability to just love love always trusts always hopes always and perseveres through anything and is able to see a person no matter what that shows the character of you amber and um yeah thanks for drawing that connection matt so fast forward to i'm married like six years and we're starting this um ministry and i'm super grateful so amber is not my only friend <laughs> so i'm thankful <laughs> for that um i have several friends and god just you know brings them uh to light and, and that's an, a critical piece because um a lot of people who have, have walked my same journey and walk it uh they tend to it's codependency, to be honest with you, that, that people can find one friend who sees them and that terror of coming out to them is so strong that they're like, I'm not doing that again. And they can just get dependent on one person. And so again, Holy Spirit or something, or maybe I read a blog post, I don't know, where I just was like, she's not my only friend. So even after coming out to you, it took some time to come out to others. But um, I have learned that Amber's not the only one who can meet my relational needs. Matt's not the only one. Like, I love the C.S. Lewis quote, how he talks about how there's there's something that uh, in each of my friends, there's something that only some other friend can fully bring out. By myself, I am not large enough to call the whole man into activity. I want other lights than my own to show all his facets. Anyway, I can post the whole quote. But it just talks about how we see God in in different characteristics of people on earth. And so for me, I'm always, when, when Amber fails me, when Matt fails me, when another friend, I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus, for reminding me that the body of Christ is a real body of Christ. And that ultimately... You are God who meets my needs. But anyway, we were starting this ministry. And um, for the first several years of our marriage, I didn't wrestle that much with uh, same-sex attractions. And um, it started amping up more as we did this ministry. 
shock, right? Like that it would happen. Um, but I knew I needed to get some accountability and it's not just because I'm some sort of animal who needs a cage. It's because I know this is a a conversation that the enemy is leaning into. So God wants to lean in all the more (laughs) to take back the ground that the enemy has been taking. And so, um, I knew I needed, uh, I needed accountability in my life in order to like keep me focused on the Lord. Again, not a cage, heart focused on the Lord. And so I reached out to Amber and I just asked if you'd be consider being my accountability partner. Um, and what did you think when I asked you? I was all for it because yeah. I needed accountability too. So it yeah. was, I like what you just said because I've heard it put that you have a healthy mistrust of yourself in the sense that you know without careful walking and following the Lord that you you know we can all take small steps and small steps and small steps that become big steps and and lead down the wrong path so um, I had several things in my life at the time that I knew could be um, reciprocated in that and just so I remember being excited about it yeah. And we had both moved back to Michigan for a while. You were a missionary in Mexico. I We'd been missionaries in California, suffering for Jesus in California, <laughs> no, but working with at-risk youth back there. And we had both moved back to Grand Rapids, Michigan at the same time. And so it seemed timely as we were starting this new phase. And again, Amber represented the same sort of humble, eye-level, I love you no matter what characteristic. Because I'm, I'm, again, I'm going to her with, hey, I, re- I as a woman, again, that's hard wrestle with lust that's hard to say because there's so many stereotypes around women who wrestle with lust and then same sex lust there's more stereotypes and so again my temptation to cave into shame was high and I'm sure I was really wrestling with that and that actually became one of our accountability questions was what's your shame level this week Mm -hmm. um so I'm going to read a couple questions I just dug these up this morning and uh but I just asked like so where where are you at with like your lust struggle what's a number and so we add a number to that and um like who have you like is there anyone you've been thinking about I'll just click through these what are God glorifying pieces of this like so even if you're wrestling what's something you can thank God for in this moment like hey I desire intimacy I desire relationships I desire connection because again the enemy just wants you to be like, oh, you're running toward that you sinner and rip you apart. And then the accountability, you don't want to go to accountability where you just get yelled at. And so you're like, okay, what can you thank God for in the midst of that? And then we also said, what do you actually need to confess? And I, I feel like we we did a good job, like just kind of going back. Okay, you don't need to confess you desire to connect with people. You don't need to confess like, you know, you're, this loneliness that you're feeling. And But can you confess? Okay, you clicked on that. All right, let's confess that. But it wasn't even you you clicked on that. It was, okay, just confess it so you can be free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the focus was always on our liberation, mm-hmm. uh, which again, that's where the enemy and the Lord, like it can get kind of fuzzy because it's it's just like, I don't know, what am I, I guess I hate myself, I'm done here. And then you just start lying to each other. So we really were focused on that. Um, and then we really, uh, we, we just made sure like, hey, can, can you get to the heart of the matter? What we're always talking about on this podcast, like what do you really need? And how, how can you get that met in healthy, God-glorifying ways? And how can you get that met um, with the Lord? Amber, you, you had some questions. I didn't know if you wanted to add anything about the accountability piece. Sure. Yeah, I, well, I was going to, I'll tell some of my specific questions in a minute, but I one thing that I learned as we were going through accountability is the importance of having very specific questions Yeah. because I found that even with a close friend like you, Lori, that I could give a general answer like it's going okay, not great, but okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's that mean? And what does that mean? And Mm -hmm. then it allows me to skirt by if I had a bad week. And even Lori, for those of you that know Lori personally, she's full of mercy and grace. So it's, she has to be the least scary person to tell something Mm -hmm. to, but at the same time, it is this inner shame that she said that if you stumble, you don't want to tell anybody. Right. And so we ended up even revising some of our questions as we went along Mm -hmm. and, and at least I did, I can't remember if you did, but Mm -hmm. just revising them so that we did ask very specific questions and yeah. had to give very specific answers. Yeah. And I know my three big categories were 
food, as I said earlier, mm-hmm. just making sure that I'm putting things that are healthy more often than not into my body. And then um, purity mm-hmm. was one for me. I was really struggling with loneliness at the time mm-hmm. and, um, you know, had that temptation like mm-hmm. we all do to run towards things that would fill that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just purity of thought and purity of my eyes and um, things like that. And then I think my third category was in the area of perfectionism mm-hmm. and how not to let that rule. Yep. And it's so funny when you talk about the specific questions, I was talking about this with someone this week and I was like, set yourself up for success. She was talking about a future issue. She's like, I know it's going to be hard. I was like, have someone ask you these specific questions and check in with you at random times during that time. Mm-hmm. I was like, you are going to hate your past self so much in the moment. You're like, why did I do that? And I, um, our, our accountability has adjusted now. So this was, we started this a few couple years ago and now it's like, I will, I know if I'm going into a tough scenario or a tough season, I'll text Amber and I'll be like, Hey, this is going to be tough. Can you check in with me? And again, knowing my future self is going to be raging mad at my past self because I don't want to get checked in. I don't want to have these specific questions because my flesh, it says in, in Galatians, Colossians, all of them, they're like, you, it wants to do evil. And so, but then after, after the wave of temptation pass, which it is a wave, you feel like it's going to be forever. It subsides. Mm-hmm. Then afterward, you're like, then you're, you're standing, then you're strong. And you're like, oh, I'm so glad you checked in. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can you relate yeah. to that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we still we still check in with each other from time to time mm-hmm. and have built, you know, now have that base yeah. in, behind us. And and so every time I am starting to f- go down a certain path, I have this little thought in my mind, like, you know, I should. <laughs> yeah. I should check this because I'm going to have to tell somebody. So I know. I know it's the worst, but it's so good. It's, it's like the body of Christ really effective. Mm-hmm. If we can, can mm-hmm. we, can we broaden it out yeah. a little bit? So you guys have a long history where you have this interesting story of knowing each other in second grade or whatever you guys mm-hmm. said yeah. it was. And then, and then like rekindling that friendship in, in college. And so, but there was always this like, connection mm-hmm. that, that you guys had. And so for, for someone who doesn't, you know, have an accountability, who maybe doesn't have a, a friend from second grade with yeah. this long-term, um, you know, relationship of, of safe relationship with, um, how long is there a, is there a time or are there certain criteria that you would recommend for someone who would be a good accountability partner? Mm-hmm. Because I know for, as a guy, I'm still like, I'm still learning how to do that. And, and really, really for the first time in, in our um, marriage group that we've been in with the other, mm-hmm. the other husbands in there. And so like this whole idea of guy accountability for me, it's like the stereotype of, well, guys get together. We, we watch sports, we talk about nothing mm-hmm. and, you know, we just kind of veg, mm-hmm. you know, or we do a project or, or, or something. Mm-hmm. And so, so I what know. would I, I guess, you know, so from our marriage group, like there, the women in there, I'm learning to have like, hold me accountable and ask me questions. And I've only known some of them for like, maybe a year and a half, maybe a year. And, and for me, I'm looking for the same criteria, grace when it comes to sin, period, like mm-hmm. that they don't freak out. Um, it's, I, I want them to know my story before I would let them keep me accountable. And it would have to, I'd have to see them on, like be with me in the journey for a while. What's hard about this, that LGBT conversation and with my struggle and journey is because people aren't super educated in it. And, and Amber too, like I've had, I've had to educate you and like, this is what I need from you. Like right. I need you to check in at this time. Mm-hmm. And even like, I'm not attracted to every woman. Like here's people that are, and this is what's going to mess me up. And, or this is going to make me stumble for, I hate that phrase, but whatever. Um, but, but that's not just unique even to the LGBT conversation in general. That's unique mm-hmm. to Lori. You guys each have your weak places. And then underneath that, that, we each have our own heart needs that are making that tick. And so for me, it, it was helpful for the, to see like the grace piece for them to understand the LGBT conversation, to know that they're committed. So I've had awkward conversations. 
conversations with these friends to be like, will you be my friend? <laughs> I like you, but not like that. I think I've talked about this. And they're like, yeah. And so to have them be committed uh, in that sort of friendship and then, and then me too. So it's not just, I don't want it all about me and I don't want it all about them. It's like an equal back and forth. And then it gets to a point where I test them with like one thing, like, hey, this is something that could be a tough scenario for me. Could you pray for me? So maybe it just starts with a pray for me. And then maybe I want you to text me. I, I trust him that much. And it's, it's always a risk. It was a mm-hmm. risk with Amber the first time, even though I knew her forever. Mm-hmm. It was a, it's a risk with these year-long friends. It's always a risk, and your heart could always get hurt. But that's the same in marriage. That's always. And so that's why we have God hold our hearts, and then you just take a leap. Mm. What would you guys want in a um, like accountability person? Like, what, what would your criteria be different than what I named, or what would be like? I think this is a bro I could trust. I don't think it's essentially different from how you're talking. Yeah. Um, just for any average sinful follower yeah. of Jesus, yeah. you know. Uh, I like what you talked about, how it's somewhat organic, but also somewhat intentional. Yes. You know, I mean, I feel like it's a combination of the two. It's totally. not just like a stranger, like, <laughs> I've, I've heard about you and I think that, I, you know, uh, but also, you know, um, even among people who are closer, you kind of get a feel, yeah. you know, and I, and I like how it's, there's a, maybe a progression of questions. Would you pray for me? And then yeah. seeing how they respond to that, yeah. you know, hey, could you give me a call or a text at this specific yes. time and just yeah. seeing how that goes. And I um, I like that kind of a progression, um, Mm -hmm. like you were talking about. Is that super foreign for guys? Like, is it, is it, are we in such a culture where like asking for that sort of even like a, a organic, but intentional relational progression? I'm saying literally in 2017, is that so foreign for, I'm saying for you guys in particular? I mean, I think it's always more foreign for guys because we like to put ourselves on a little island and well and I mean honestly there's just so much that you can fill your time with yeah and you're I mean you've got the world in your pocket and you can spend hours playing on a phone you can spend hours doing you know whatever like there's literally compared to a hundred years ago like an endless amount of things you can do yeah alone yeah alone like without ever interacting with anyone and so it's always easier yeah. And, and it feels safer to to do that because I guess emotionally it is, but it's also more dangerous, safer and more dangerous because you're not getting any of your needs met, but they're also not at stake. So it's like the needs are really getting unmet and then that can just lead you down tough spots. What comes to my mind is it's always going to involve risk Yep. and it's always going to require leadership. Yep. If any man or woman, I would mm-hmm. say, but I, I, I'm thinking of, of men who tend to kind of at the core have a have a passive thing going on, you know? Yeah. And so it's always going to require overcoming that yep. and showing initiative and leadership to just even ask for something like this, Yeah, you know? Yeah, because you may get rejected. And then yeah. it's, like you, it's like every sentence you've been saying in your head for however many months or years of like, well, I shouldn't risk. So then the first time you risk right. and you do get rejected, yeah. you're like, well... I'm done here. It confirms that. Well, and I was going to speak into that because I have a very clear memory of high school years where I repeatedly pursued a friend for friendship, repeatedly, you know, invited her over and invited her to events. And um, and I ended up getting rejected for the friendship. And it's been something that's actually followed into adulthood. And that pattern still is there. I stopped reaching out for quite a while, but it it's interesting how much rejection can hurt, even just at a friendship level. Yep. And just to encourage people that do that so little, mm. not to take the first happening as gospel truth, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So kind of what you were saying, but mm-hmm. just to, uh, even to set a goal of I'm going to reach out to three different people mm-hmm. um, or I'm going to reach out to so-and-so, but if they don't reciprocate and it may not be rejection, it may just be, Hey, this friendship, you know, we don't connect super well. Yeah. We don't have the same mm-hmm. interests and that's going to make it hard to get close. And so, you know, it's almost like a, a search really for mm-hmm. who might be a good friend, but yeah. also someone that you can mm-hmm. go deep with. 
And some ones. Like, so if you're looking for accountability and then two, like it just that it's multiple Mm -hmm. so that it doesn't have to be all your eggs in one basket. And what you're saying that rejection hurts and there's studies that are done that like, if you take Tylenol while you're remembering a rejection, the pain of the rejection hurts less. Hmm. So like literally Mm -hmm. it triggers the same physical explosion in your brain as physical pain rejection does. And then I just want to say too, this is a helpful thing when I remember to do it is to go to the Lord, like, God, this person rejected me. Do you reject me? And then asking to like, God, when have you been rejected? And um, Jesus, when have you felt rejected? And you could mm-hmm. just, just think the crowds, his disciples, his father. And then all of a sudden you have a great empathizer who um, sees your pain and is with you. And, and sometimes just being seen there is, is enough to, to try again <laughs> after mm-hmm. you grieve it. Uh, but, but to try again, mm-hmm. Um, so this is rich conversation. Any other ads? I just, um, have a question just thinking about our, yeah. our, our friend listening. Yeah. Who's maybe kind of at this crossroads maybe. And, yeah. uh, I would just love to hear your, your advice or your thoughts on, you know, Matt, you talked a little bit about some of the, the pitfalls of like a, a, a child coming out to a yeah. parent mm-hmm. yep. and, uh, you know, is it generally better or is it just case by case? to find a friend, a peer, somebody, yeah, you know, like you and Amber question. or, you know, somebody within the family. And, yep. you know, like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it depends on the situation yeah. because there, unfortunately, there are, there are families out there who are not safe people to come out to. Mm. Um, and so if you don't, if you can't readily identify someone within your peer circle, um, or within your family that that you know, like if you approach them, you will be received at some level. They might not understand. They might, you know, trip up on little things, but at the core of them, they're still going to love you. Um, I honestly, I find it easier to talk to strangers mm. in the sense, well, I'm a counselor, so I talk to strangers all day. <laughs> but, you know, and that's the beautiful thing. Like I, I remember one client who who came in and literally the one of the first things they told me was, I don't care about you. And I'm like, good, because that's going to make it easy for you to share a lot. Because if, if you walk out of here and never see me again, you know, no big deal. But if you, if you say the same things to your parents and you're kicked out of your house, that that's going to be a much bigger issue. Hmm. Um, And so, you know, if you don't have a a family member or a friend or a close relative or someone that you can go to, you know, finding a counselor is not a terrible thing to do Mm -hmm. because you, I think the person, when they're ready to start coming out, whatever the the struggle is, to at least get practice yeah. in in how mm. how you're saying it and and understanding your own emotional stuff before you're expecting someone else to necessarily know it as and, well. And that was so I skipped over the first people I came out to, but it was a a professor uh, here at Cornerstone and. Um, I had little to lose in telling her, mm-hmm. like I wasn't going to, I didn't think I'd get kicked out. I guess I probably could have, I was breaking rules, but, um, I, I just, again, I kind of did the grace test of just like listening to her words and like, okay, how does she just respond to just general broken people? And that was enough for me to go and trust her with my story. But I had, I had less to lose than with a close friend. And so Steve, that's such a great question. And so, and Matt, great advice is, is to start, I would, I would say even just email Matt. He's no, he's not with the ministry officially anymore, <laughs> although he'll be on this podcast, which is great. Uh, uh, and so to, to email Matt, email me, email any of us, um, and we can help you even evaluate your, your circles and like who would be. But other than that, it's kind of nice to start maybe further out or, or someone, um, really you guys could take the Holy spirit helping mm-hmm. you too, mm-hmm. because for me, it was, it was my professor. It was my dad. And, and I just kind of like shot in the dark mm-hmm. and then it was Amber. And I had a lot of good ones initially. God yeah. really kept my heart safe. And then I bumped into some tough ones, but by then I had such a secure foundation of support around me because I was, yes, God and people who I knew wouldn't abandon me, um, that it didn't kill, like it hurt badly when I was rejected, but it didn't destroy me, mm-hmm. uh, when, when I was rejected later. Yeah. Well, and to add one more thing, I, I had another client that um, 
was looking for a small group to join. And, and one of the things that we talked about was, was looking at it like not like he was just being the, the only stranger, quote unquote, entering this small group that was already established, but almost like visualizing Jesus as his friend, Aww. leading him into a group that Jesus was already a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gave him a little bit more more confidence to to enter it because it was like, you know, it's always nicer if you go to a church or something when you've been invited by someone as opposed to just walking in and like having to evaluate as you're like standing in the back hoping no one notices you. And I know that for my own life, I had to have that before I was willing to even come out with my stuff to Lori. Like God had to be the one prompting it. Hmm. Um, because otherwise I was not safe, even though I had a, you know, multiple year marriage that would had from the outside looked like a good marriage and it was for the most part, a good marriage, but I had to have that person leading me to, to be vulnerable with someone who, who ended up being very, very gracious to me, but, but God had, God had to give her Mm. the grace and God had to prepare my heart. Mm. And so like. For all of us, it, God has to be the one we're following. Amen. And so you don't just come out to someone because you feel like, I need to come out with someone right now. Like be praying and, and really asking God to lead you to that right person or people or group, because otherwise it can be a catastrophe. Mm-hmm. So this is heavy. This is rich. Uh, just thank you so much to Amber and Matt and Steve. Um our, our question of the week this is a big heart, hard left, uh, but we're going to be talking about this and we just would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at himhministries.com, um, but we'd love to just talk about Christmas presents and we are not going to have a podcast next week. We might just do a little five minute blip, um, but what's your favorite Christmas present you both gave and received this year? Um, and so... I hope we get some good stuff. If not, Jesus is the greatest gift. And so that better be your answer. No, but it's true though. (laughs) All right. So thanks so much for all of us here at the Hole in My Heart podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Hole in My Heart podcast. The gospel is good news for everybody every day. Explore himhministries.com for all that Matt and Lori Krieg have to offer, including previous episodes. You can also find us and we hope you'll subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and tune in. And if you'd like to answer our question of the week or if you have any questions or suggestions, email us at podcast at himhministries.com. 